the homily for Palm Sunday. My dear friends, as you can surely see, today's ceremony has a very interesting contrast. It begins with the triumph of Jesus as the, as the Christ. It continues with the reading of the Passion, bringing us immediately to the mindset of the weak that is upon us, a mind of accompanying Christ through his greatest feat, the redemption of mankind. This change between one thing and the other brings to mind also the inevitable dichotomy of mankind. There are only two kinds of people, those who cry Hosanna and those who shout crucify him. Today, my dear friends, it would be good to speak of those two different responses that we can give to Christ. But before we do, we need to understand the role of Christ himself towards mankind. Why do we call Jesus the Christ? My friends, you know the answer. Christ, in Greek, Christos, means anointed. Jesus Christ then means Jesus the anointed. This word, my dear friends, reveals to us three offices that our Lord Jesus Christ fulfills in his redemptive mission. In those days, in the days that Christ lived, whenever someone would be anointed, it was because he was either a priest or a king, or a prophet. The anointing itself signified the power and authority of God descending upon the chosen person. And so then we know and we see that Christ is truly the King of Kings, the greatest of prophets, and the High Priest. Let me then for a moment today speak of these three roles of Jesus Christ in His redemption. And as we speak of each one of these, we will also consider the responses that come from both sides of mankind. The responses that come from the world that shouts crucify him, and the responses that come from the church, from the children of the church that cries Hosanna. So first, let us look at Christ as a prophet. My friends, Christ is a prophet by excellence. He is the culmination and the fulfillment of all prophecy. He comes to Jerusalem today, in, in Palm Sunday, fulfilling a prophecy. And as he is walking into the city, he gives even more prophecies. On that same week when he was in Jerusalem, he gave to his apostles the prophecies regarding the destruction of the city, and the prophecies regarding also the very end of the world. But even more, on the next Thursday, Monday Thursday, he would give to the apostles prophecies that we could say are eternal. Prophecies describing heaven, describing the love of the Father to us, describing the union between the faithful on earth and Christ. Prophecies that carry with them such an immense revelation that we cannot even begin to consider. My friends, you can read these things if you go to the Gospel of St. John and you read the last chapters, the ones right before the Passion. But the office of prophet, my dear friends, is also to teach us the truth, to warn us of the impending damage that comes to us, to console us and to encourage us. And our Lord came above all to do and to be to us all these things. Now what does the world do when Christ acts like a prophet? You can see it in the responses that the Pharisees gave Christ. On this Palm Sunday, we read in one of the Gospels that the Pharisees came to Christ and they said, Make your disciples be silent. Master, silence your disciples. 
My friends, when Christ is a prophet and Christ speaks, the world tells Christ, be silent. And it covers its ears. My friends, woe to us. Woe to us if, we, if when we hear things from religion, we fall asleep. Woe to us if we come to the church waiting for it to end. Woe to us if when we are living our lives, we more often than not tell Christ in our souls, be silent. Don't speak. But my friends, on the other hand, what does the church do? What do the children of the church do? The children of the church listen to Christ. It is those of you who take willingly correction, who are always desiring to learn more, who make an effort to put all these things in practice. It is those of you who give their time and their effort to make the word of Christ be known more and more. My friends, happy we are. Happy we are when we come to Mass with joy, when we listen to the sermons with interest, whether they be good or bad or easy or hard to listen. Happy of us when we make an effort to rather silence the world, every now and then at least, to listen to Christ. Happy we are, we say, I say, because then we are in the ranks of those who cry, Hosanna. My friends, that is Christ as a prophet. Now let us look at Christ as a priest. Christ, my dear friends, is in reality the only priest. He is the priest. There is no other priest but Christ. All the other men, including myself, who call themselves priests, we are only sharing in his priesthood. We are only extensions of Christ. But it is only one priesthood that exists and acts, and it acts in us as well, and that, the, that is the priesthood of Christ. He is the maximum priest. Today, my friends, as you see him enter Jerusalem, you see Christ entering into a sanctuary to offer the sacrifice. What sacrifice? The sacrifice, the greatest that could be offered. A sacrifice that is offered to the highest dignity to God Almighty the Father. A sacrifice that is offering a victim that is beyond measure in value, the divine person of God the Son. A sacrifice that is burned with the fire most fierce and powerful and beautiful, the fire of the Holy Ghost. We see Christ entering Jerusalem to offer a sacrifice, a sacrifice that was timeless because it was offered not only for those who lived back then, but it was offered for those who lived before that time and even for those who would live after. It was a sacrifice that had the greatest ambition because the purpose of this sacrifice was to petition to God to obtain from God the salvation and redemption of all the multitude of mankind. And it was a sacrifice that was a most complete holocaust, where the victim, a living victim, was offered to be destroyed and killed, not only exteriorly, not only in his body, not only by the killing of his body, but also interiorly, because also he suffered the desolation of his soul. It was a complete sacrifice. My friends, how do you see the world in this respect? How does the world react to Christ as a priest? When the world sees Christ as a priest offering his sacrifice, the world reacts by offering another sacrifice, an evil sacrifice, 
to a false god, to the god of this world, ignoring the sacrifice of Christ. The world is Judas, sacrificing Christ for 30 coins. The world is Pilate, sacrificing Christ to gain social status. The world is the Roman soldiers, sacrificing Christ for brute pleasure. My friends, are we in this number? Woe to us if we find, if we find ourselves willing, for example, to give away the Mass, the sacrifice of Christ, for a worldly entertainment, for endless trips, for socializing with others. It would be fearful for us, my dear friends, if we are willing to sacrifice Christ for money, or for the friendship of men or women, or for television, or for amusements. Then, if we do these things, we are among those who shout, Crucify Him. But what do the children of the church do? What do the good people do? The children of the church go to Christ, the priest, and they receive from his sacrifice. They ask him to receive from the victim that is offered. They receive the body and the blood of Jesus Christ here in communion. But not only that, they share in his immolation. They unite themselves to the priest in communion so much that not only do they receive the same victim, but they also become one with Christ, and they unite their sufferings and pains to his sacrifice. Happy of us, my dear friends, if we find ourselves addicted to the Mass, to the Holy Sacrifice, if we find ourselves very willing to carry our cross, becoming ourselves united to Christ, and not only that, becoming with him another offering to God, an offering that is made for other souls. Happy of us, then, if we take our sufferings and our pains in that way, offering ourselves as a sacrifice, because then we are among those who cry, Hosanna. And my, friend, my dear friends, finally, Christ is our King. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He comes to Jerusalem today, and He makes the kingdom. He doesn't come to conquer a kingdom that already exists. He's creating it Himself. Instead of making others fight for his gain, he himself fights alone for the gain of others. He becomes a king that doesn't need to receive authority from others. He is not, not borrowing his authority. His very soul, his very body is authority. He is majesty himself. He needs to be crowned by no one. Because his kingdom and his kingship are inseparable of him. He is a king, my dear friends, the most beautiful of all men. He is the most innocent, the most noble of all, the most generous, the most intelligent, and the most kind. He is our king, the most perfect of all the children of men, the most valiant, the strongest, the wisest. He enters today in Jerusalem to create his kingdom, to start it, to establish it forever. His throne is the cross. He will establish his kingdom, crushing his enemies, Satan and his followers, through the greatest war of all, the war of his passion. My friend, to this king, how does the world react? The world reacts with those words from the crowd. We have no other king but Caesar. Which is to say, the world reacts saying, I have no other king but myself. How unfortunate we are, my dear friends, if we are among these people. Unfortunate 
if we find that little do we pray, little do we worship God, little do we do alms, or do we love our neighbor. In short, unfortunate of us if we find that little service do we do God. All I seek is my own excellence. All I seek is my own pleasure. All, my, all I seek is my own glory. I yield nothing, and instead I grow angry when things are taken away from me. Woe to us, my dear friends, if we serve ourselves. Because then, a cruel king are we serving. A king that will reward us only with death. But the children of the church, how do they react? Happy of us if we serve Christ, like the children did, like the angels did, like the little donkey, like the apostles. Happy if our day goes by in the service of others. Happy if we consider prayer our obligation, a sweet obligation that we cannot forfeit. Happy of us if most of our hours are spent in serving others, if we forget to eat, to sleep, perhaps, if we forget our money, if we forget our pleasure, because we are so occupied in helping our neighbor, in aiding the needy, in pleasing God with our actions. Happy of us if we do that, because then we are among those who cried, Hosanna to the Son of David. My dear friends, as we continue this Mass, remember then who it is that you come to worship today during Mass. It is Jesus, the Christ, the Christ, the greatest prophet, the Christ, the high priest, the Christ, the King of kings. Let it be then that during this Holy Week and the rest of our lives, we live and we act like those who followed, like those who listened, like those who served. That as the Antiphon prays today, with the angels and the children, we also may be found faithful. That we are not numbered among those who cried, Crucify him, but among those who cried, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna to our King. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.